0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And today, my phenomenal guest, who graciously accepted an invitation to come and join me here, is Dr. Reed Criddle, Director of Choral Activities at Utah Valley University. Welcome, Dr. Reed Criddle.
1: Thanks. It's good to be here
0: i'm thrilled that you're here we've had a little chat before the show um and and folks for your benefit i am a singer <laughs> there i said it reed you admitted it on radio <laughs> i did right here on my own mic i i haven't thought of myself as a singer although i've always sung and i i do okay yeah um Recently, I joined a community choir called the Wasatch Chorale, and you are also the director of that choir. Yep. You've been doing that for... This is my
1: sixth year now. Sixth? Yep. Ever since coming to Utah six years ago.
0: Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. This is a choir that my wife has been affiliated with for much longer than even you have been. Right. And uh, the circumstances were such this year that... I was able to free up enough of my calendar and my schedule to join her and join the choir. And it turns out you had the talent to uh, be a full participant, which is kind of nice. I didn't even. It is nice. I I had to do an audition, Mm -hmm. uh, go sing all by myself in front of you, and you said, "Okay, I can be scary, but uh, we can work. You did a good job. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) thank you." Well, that's fun. Now, Vicky and I, as we were talking about this, we both had the same idea at about the same time that we should invite Reed to be on the show. And so that's why you're here. And I shared with you before we uh, started the recording that there's a number of things that caught my attention. You have a remarkable gift. Um What I've observed and what my wife has observed is that you have an ability to draw talent, gifts out of people where they would otherwise be dormant, perhaps. But you're able to inspire them to come to a higher level of living. Mm -hmm. Um, I I say living, specifically Mm -hmm. choral performance Mm -hmm. in, in this case. But I think that that's a metaphor for a lot of things that we do in our life. And as I've chatted with you, um, I don't think it's accidental. I think there's some things you're doing on purpose. Right. Which is appropriate to the title of the show, Live on Purpose. Yeah. Um, what does that trigger for you so far? Is there some yeah. direction that you feel to take that? Oh, you bet. Um, so the Wasatch Corral meets on Wednesday nights. Right.
1: And uh, it's a group of of uh, adults, about 100 adults, who mm-hmm. get together and uh, sing a variety of music. Uh, we strive for quality performance, but in a fun atmosphere that isn't really stressful. It doesn't require tons of homework per se, but we put mm. on professional performances. And so, given that context, um, I structure the environment of the learning uh, space to um, to create a space that is as um, engaging mm. and efficient. Mm-hmm um inclusive and yes. challenging as possible mm-hmm. and um and so the environment is very specific we the student, the singers show up on time right. they know that their time is valuable and i i i communicate that in the way that i treat the time um but uh i choose music of a variety that i think will be engaging and stretch them mm-hmm. and be pleasing to the ear, and maybe a, even a piece that may not be so pleasing to the ear, but which will stretch their intellectual understanding of music yes. in some way. And I hope that this that the singers are drawn to that uh, those rehearsals, in part because of the music, in large part because of the music, mm-hmm. because of the repertoire that I choose, and then the way we go about learning it. Right. Um, and uh, so that's the first thing is just the music itself. Mm-hmm. Knowing that the rehearsals are Wednesday nights and that, you know, the average group of of adults on a Wednesday night are really tired. Right. They've been through a long day of work. And uh, by the time I see them, they're ready for Friday, you know. Right. Um, And so almost every week I come to the room and I see a room full of adults who have very little energy. Mm-hmm. And they look really tired, I remember when I first came to to this group in particular, and this is true you know with a lot of the adult choirs I've taught i've mm-hmm. uh, led over the years, be they church or community mm-hmm. um, they know why they're there, they're there to be filled f- from the soul from their minds, yeah. but they have very little energy to put into it, yeah, they just want to be filled mm. but you know I think a true principle is um if if you don't give anything, you're not going to be filled. I mean, you, you have to give yeah. of, of yourself to receive. Right. And so um, I ask a lot of them, even mm-hmm. given that they come to the rehearsal with no energy. And this is generally speaking.
0: You know what? It's funny that you'd say that because just last night, we had our rehearsal last yeah. night. Mm-hmm. We're recording this episode today on a Thursday. Well, we met last night yeah. with our choir. And um, Vicky and I were talking just before we went over to the rehearsal. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> After a long day, we both worked all day long, right? And we enjoy what we do, but right. it, you know how that feels. You're worn out. And But we both acknowledged also, we know yeah, that once we show up and we get engaged in that process, we will have a good time.
1: Yeah, and it's um, often that singers will tell me that they they come to the rehearsals tired, and right. they'll, they'll come away from the rehearsals rejuvenated. Um, mm-hmm. And, but that's not because they haven't worked hard. or that they, it, doesn't, yeah. it takes a lot of stamina to, to perform at a high level for two hours. Part of that mm-hmm. is planning in the rehearsal and, and a good arc so I, I get a sense of appetizer, mm-hmm. entree, and dessert in the rehearsal and how I plan yeah. that mm-hmm. um, in terms of their concentration level. But another part of that is,
0: is inviting the singers into a process of creativity. I can comment about that. Yeah. Because as we warm up in that choir, now think about this, folks, as you're listening to my conversation here with Reed today, where does this apply in the context of your own life? And I know that you do that anyway, but just as an invitation to consider, where is it that, that I'm feeling tired or uh, exhausted <laughs> and I'm looking for something to fill my soul um, some of these principles are going to apply in a variety of contexts, but so we show up and you get us going on a on a warm-up activity, and you don't often say much, but when you do, I hear these words: "Join me." That's on purpose. Yes,
1: yes, it is. It's intentionally positive, mm-hmm. and it's intentionally community building. Right. It's connecting. Um, one of the, the first things you can really do to create energy in a person or in a group of people is to connect them. Mm -hmm. And, and most especially as a conductor to connect with me. (laughs) Right. So often you find conductors who wait until right before the performance and they say, look at me. Why aren't you watching me? And the you know, it's time to watch me. Well, (laughs) we're like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah, right. They've been glued to their score for the last three months. Why, why should they start watching you now? Right. When I try to establish a connection with the singers from the beginning of every rehearsal, um, So uh, we do say shoulder rubs where we connect Mm -hmm. with one another, and then we uh, connect with me. And usually, those connection games or exercises at first don't seem very musical. They may not seem like they have a a really strong connection to performance of choral literature, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they do. They do because either they're connecting with the way they the singers learn to follow the conducting gesture, Mm -hmm. or they. uh encourage the group of people to be musical together in a unified way to yes. to act together to be unified that kind of oneness of heart and i think that's really important and it is incredibly rejuvenating and uh energy producing when it you is. suddenly realize you're with other people doing something completely together mm-hmm. in unison as it were right and um you know those kinds of connections in life i think are are really powerful uh, where we can find opportunities to um, to be one with other people. Right. One of heart, of mind, and in music, of harmony, of rhythm. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we kind of establish that, and I love in the initial games of the warm-ups to, you know, I'll, I'll play games that um, will set up expectations and patterns, mm-hmm. and then we'll break them. Right. F- one, to k- see if people are really staying connected, uh-huh. staying in the moment, staying present, or if they just kind of get in the routine. Yeah. Um, but also just cause it's fun and you know, right. We, we play instruments, we, we play with music and, mm-hmm. and I want that kind of an atmosphere so that the music, it's easy to get tied down, bogged down in the details. Yes. But, um, if you can kind of see beyond that so that when we go to the score as it were, and we start singing through the piece, um, they can, they can, uh, see the, the, the end
0: goal, which is to be connected. And mm-hmm. to produce something beautiful. You've touched on a number of things as you've shared this. Uh, you said something earlier about respecting time. Yeah. Time is such a valuable commodity. I had a friend once ask me, if you, if you had an opportunity to have more money or more time, which would you take? <laughs> right. And he said, time every, every time. Right. Right? Because with time, I can go generate money. You bet. Um, time is so valuable, and I've noticed a couple of things about that. In your respect of the time of the people who are engaged in that choir, mm-hmm. there is a fast pace. Right. Uh, that is on purpose as well. Yeah. And yep. it, it stretches, it pushes people, but it also respects their time.
1: Well, I think it's all about, as in a leadership position, it's all about expectations. If the mm-hmm. singers come in, or anyone under your stewardship comes in expecting for you to... Um, you know, tell them stories and, and just have a great time just, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoying music generally, so be it. But if the singers come to sing and they come to experience quality music as a participant and to ultimately perform in that way, Mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, as a conductor, if I spend a lot of time talking at them or describing the music Mm -hmm. verbally, then I've... Not You wouldn't think I'd wasted their time because I'm giving instruction, but there are way more efficient ways to do that. Right. And I seek for the most efficient ways. So in rehearsal, more often than not, I will strive to have most of the teaching done non-verbally with um, conducting visual cues mm-hmm. um, or by I will sing at them and, and give them model how I expect it to be, uh, sometimes by modeling how they shouldn't do it and then modeling how they Show should the contrast exactly, right. so that um, they can see, you know, the clear difference, and uh, and that's a respect of time too for me that really understanding that their purpose mm-hmm. is to sing and and I'm there to facilitate and not to be on the spot or be the entertainer for two hours. Right. Yeah. And it's not about you. It's not about me. Right?
0: As you are a, a, an essential integral part of this group but it's not about you it's about something much bigger than you or any of the individual singers exactly as much as possible i try to make it about the singers but even in
1: this situation if it were a school choir i would spend a lot more time educating and and teaching process Mm -hmm. but with the community choir i spend a great deal of time just focusing on the music and when it's not about me it's not about them but it's about something greater and more unifying uh, I think that's part of what we were talking about that brings everybody together and gives them a whole new sense of energy and creativity. Right.
0: That purpose, that greater purpose, mm-hmm. that's something we might want to dig into a little bit more after this break. It, it's something that uh, that drives a process, I think. Yeah. Excellent. Good start. Everybody, we'll be right back with Dr. Reed Crittle. On purpose radio listeners the fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development your personal development library should include copies of both of my books pathological positivity and the pocket-sized companion portable positivity there's a dot-com for both titles so you can share these books with others i also have a special offer just for listeners of the show Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos. And other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com. The best way to find out if you can trust somebody is to trust them. Ernest Hemingway. Well, Dr. Reed Criddle, that was one of your altos <laughs> that just gave the inspiring quotation. What a soldiery voice. Yes. <laughs> She's got a good radio voice. Yep. And a good singing voice. Yes, she does. Does a nice job. Yep. You know, I, I realized something that you said earlier, too. And this just kind of slipped in, but it's so important, I think. You said something about, you know, we're coming together, we're making music, we're doing these cool things at a high level. and and we're having fun while we're doing it. hmm That's important.
1: Yeah. Talk about that for a moment. Well especially when you think about the rehearsal process, which sometimes could be like life in the sense that we pick at the music mm-hmm. and we try to get it right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's kind of how a lot of us go about life is right. we, we have a score that's, a, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is how it should be. This is how it should be. And here are all the details. Come in it. on, get, get it all right, these things we're not right. doing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a long list of not doings, mm. but, um, uh, trying to, to transform that into a process of creativity, of, of, um, positivity and, uh, yeah, it's so tempting as a conductor, especially if I'm having a hard day, mm. and I just, I just come in and I hear things that are wrong. It's, it's really tempting to just start picking, mm-hmm. right? And, and sometimes we do this with people too, but we just kind right. of pick away. And uh, instead of trying to inspire and um, engage people's imaginations, mm-hmm. um, for me, one of the most um, fulfilling parts of being a conductor is actually not the part that people see. You know, it's not the performances necessarily. Not wearing the tux and I, the bow tie. And... Yeah, I love the performances. I, especially because of the focus of the ensemble and just that special atmosphere where we're in, the, in that moment of on the stage and the lights and everything contributes to a really cool um, experience. Yeah. It's not the rehearsals. And the rehearsals can mm-hmm. be very gratifying. And typically they are mm-hmm. because, of, because you've, you can tell the, um, the growth of of the individual, of the, of the ensemble and so on. But right. for, as a conductor, the mo- my most favorite part is before the first rehearsal, me in a room or out on the grass or wherever mm-hmm. I am with the score, studying and imagining, imagining the score. Wow. Um, I, I didn't expect that. Oh, there's quite a process. Uh-huh. You know, marking the score um, oh, with, with, things I imagine: how the, if there's a foreign language, how it translates and how the text is related to the music that the composer wrote and why Mm -hmm. the composer made the decisions they made. Um, If any of them seem counterintuitive to me, why that might be and, uh, and how a piece of music might flow one to the next, where the climaxes are and where the the low points. And so all of that imagining is incredibly um, satisfying for me. Mm. Um, It's uh, it's that, sort of spiritual realization of the thing before it actually happens. You have to create it first. Yep. Mentally, spiritually. You bet. And the composer did that. Right. And the composer did that when they wrote down the notes on the page. And the notes are really just some kind of approximation for that imagination. Yeah, it's a code. It is, right? And so it's my job to go backwards and to take the code and to try to reestablish the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um the singers can do that but and some singers are very intuitive or maybe they've done their research or they've listened to recordings ahead of time so they kind of have a sense of how um the composer might have imagined it but it's my job to come up with my own stamp on what that might be especially if the composer's not living we can't ask them we don't have recordings of the composer doing the performance right um that part i love and so when i get to the first performance first rehearsal Mm-hmm. So much has been figured out already. The singers just don't, don't know it yet, right? And they've got the code, they've got the notation, the the score, uh, and they have bring with them a lot of musicianship and tools and experience. Years of choral experience. Some of them. I mean, the choir that you sing in, oh, the Wasatch yeah. Choral, there's a member who's sung in it for as old as long as I have been old. Right. You know, for th- I'm 34 years old. So it's before you knew English. It's pretty awesome. All the choral experience that this singer has, mm-hmm. let alone the accumulation of all the years of all the hundred singers in the choir. Right. Who am I at 32, uh, 34 years old mm-hmm. to come up in front of the choir and say, this is how it's going to be. Well, I've right. only because of the, the time and effort and the um, creative energy that I've put into the score and the study That's of right. the composer, do I feel that I have the authority to cut, to speak
0: and to lead and to take them efficiently through those rituals. This creation process has always fascinated me. And I see it correlates in almost every aspect of creation. You think about construction of a building. Yeah. And the architect Mm -hmm. who creates that building, he doesn't actually go swing the hammer. Right. But he has to imagine it, and he has to create it in his mind first. And that's absolutely true.
1: The one thing that's so different, well, they're probably lost, things that are different, but especially with music, mm. is that as soon as you've created it, it's gone. You know, it's not like some uh, building that you can look at it and you can, you know, just enjoy right. it, walk on it. As soon as you create that music, it's gone. It's very Buddhist in a way, or Taoist. Uh, yeah. um, you kind of have to let go of it. There's the flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You create it in like like grains of sand as you draw in the sand you know, mm-hmm. it's it's imper- impermanent, um, but we we try to establish in the rehearsal process a sense of of recreation, mm-hmm. and that this cre- recreation may not be the same as the next recreation, and that's okay. Yeah. And the improvisatory nature is what makes it fun. Is what you were referring that's to right. earlier, the sense of wow, that was not the same as last time we did it. Yeah, and good for us.
0: It's never exactly the same. No. and you're never quite sure what to expect right, and that's why I like this uh, mm-hmm. this um, connectivity
1: of the we talked about the warm ups with the connector because yeah. for me, um, there are a lot of conductors that espouse the the less i'm needed, the better hmm. as a conductor as a as hmm. a leader that leadership um, sort of philosophy right that I, w- I want to really empower the the people under my stewardship to be independent sure, and I believe that um to a large degree. But I think something even more fulfilling is a sense of um, the, the singers are so empowered. They, they're so, um, they have all the skills and the know-how mm-hmm. and the practice so that when we get to a performance or a given rehearsal, we can be present. They can be up, yeah, aware, and they're creating in, on a new level that they did not last time. And mm-hmm. and we we respond as if in a dance together. We feel each other, um, right? And that is inc- that is one of the most joyful experiences I know. Mm-hmm. To do that with a group, a group of a hundred people, and to be able to do that together, yeah, without having communicated how it's going to go, but just because right. you have one leader who's very
0: strong willed and has an imagination that is is deep, where. <laughs> where else do we have these kinds of experiences? I mean, we approximate it in different areas of our life, obviously, but there's this, so you take a hundred people, right. And you get them correlated onto a common purpose in a way that everyone's engaged in that purpose. And it creates something that's far greater than the sum of the parts. I mean, there, I do music for a reason. There are a few things
1: that are just that harmonious, I think is, Mm -hmm. is the word. Um, but there are other situations say, um, you know, athletics, you're on a team together and you see a team that really works. They know each other so well. Mm -hmm. Think, um, I mean, I'm not an expert on winter sports, but you think about some of these winter sports where they're, um, uh, bobsleds, you know, and they just, their timing has to be so well synchronized that a fraction of a second makes a difference. Makes all the difference. You bet. And, um, you know, each step they've counted. It's like when I was uh, Mm -hmm. in high school, I did hurdles, Mm -hmm. I ran hurdles and I had to know every step, even though there's this sense of, oh yeah, it's really hard. Um, And it's much harder than the two miler that I would do during cross country in the sense that you, every step really matters and you're counting steps, but you're also trying to transcend the counting to push yourself to a whole new level Yeah, and um, be it by yourself in that sense of uh, intention and technique and planning or in a, in a team uh, situation, um, a really well oiled machine of a, of a team. They, mm-hmm. they know each other well enough that even if, if somebody alters the, the flow in some way, everyone can kind of shift. You right. Know, um, and, and, uh, that takes practice. It takes, um, uh, really great diligence in the in the practice um, process yeah. softball or choir and uh and oneness of mind
0: mm-hmm. singleness of purpose it 's a it 's a whole different level that we go to there 's these techniques the fundamentals those have to be there mm-hmm. without those pff, What's the point? What do we have to build with, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So those have to be there. And and the process of installing those can be very tedious sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep. I remember when I was a kid and mom having me practice the piano. Yeah. Six o'clock in the morning. Sure. And I'm plunking out, Mary had a little lamb. You know, it's just where's the fun in that? And for me,
1: that's that was true too. The great mm-hmm. irony is I took piano lessons until I was a freshman in high school and I hated practicing my half hour every morning. And yeah. Each of us, me and my three siblings, would uh, have I, our did, half hour. Did hours you the same mom? Slot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but as soon as I stopped taking lessons, I all of a sudden would sit down on the piano for hours, right? <laughs> and I would just sight read through things and I would play and I would play for fun. And I would play yep. repertoire in my... My piano teacher would never let me touch, but, and that's kind of
0: where I became a musician. I had the same experience. In fact, as soon as I quit playing piano lessons, uh-huh. I met the criteria that my mother had set for me. And granted, maybe that's if I... That's when I picked it up.
1: Yeah. If I stuck with the lessons longer, I would probably have better technique. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but... Um, but I'm I'm glad I reached that that um, transcendent level mm-hmm. where it became more than the technique. It became more than the um, the details of of uh, perfectionism, and it became a sense of uh, well, creativity, yes, musicianship. That's where the art
0: comes into it,
1: right? Yep. Uh, this my dad yeah. likes to say, um, you know, you can live a life of prose or live a life of poetry. And it's it's mm. easy to to just write, well, you know we speak in prose, right? But it's it's a whole nother thing to live in poetry. And, yeah, and and for me to bring it kind of full circle, I I uh, like for the rehearsals to be poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the rehearsals to feel like performance, to feel like we're on, even if the music isn't quite at perfection yet, if there is such a thing.
0: Well, we're always attempting to approximate whatever we think is perfection. Right. Or I should say, instead of perfection,
1: the dream, mm-hmm. the imagination.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. We're trying to get our world to match that thing that we've imagined.
1: Yeah. In conducting, I, um, you know, we have two hands, right? So um, uh, Most of us. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Most of us. <laughs> I do. And yes. um, I use both hands in conducting. And there are a lot of different styles of conducting um, and philosophies. But for me, um, typically my right hand is my... Dream hand. Mm. So this is the dream. This is how the performance should be. Mm-hmm. Capture the dream. Join me. Right? Right. The left hand is the interactive hand. It's the, I understand we're not at the dream yet. Come with me and find the dream. That's too loud. That's too soft. That's perfect. That's not enough. That's, we need you to listen more. The vowel needs to be cleaner. Adjust. Adjust. Adapt. Yeah, the left hand is, let's make this happen. Let's make that dream happen. And The right hand is reinforcing, but here's the dream. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and as we go through the process, little by little, I need the left hand less and less. And yeah. pretty soon, we're all just kind of
0: on the same dream. Unified mm-hmm. in a common purpose. Right. I'm having fun with this creative process because there are so many ways that that can apply. Wow, thank you so much. You bet, my pleasure. You've done an excellent job illuminating some powerful principles today. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. All right, everybody, it's time. Go join your community choir (laughs) and live on purpose.